Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning and welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell. The February 29th, 2024, a leap day. Only happens once every four years. My name is Charles Goodsir, filling in the chairs for Matty Cox, who was on National yesterday, and also Daniel Pettigrew, who's he's not sick. He's just got a day off. Thank you very much for joining me this morning, wherever you're listening, whether it's through SEN 1170 AM, SENQ 693 AM, SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast, or even via the SEN app. Thank you very much for your company. I'll be filling in uh, the chairs and just keeping them warm until uh, breakfast with Brandy and the Missile. And they've got another pack show today. Um, they're continuing with the new segment, Throwback Thursday. Daryl Harrigan will be their special guest later this morning. And of course, the first test against Australia and New Zealand um, uh, takes place later today. Um, and Jared Waitley, who will be calling that right across the SEN airwaves, he will join Brandy and the Missile. But in the meantime, you've got me for the next hour. A lot to unpack in the world of sport, as always. Uh, of course, we'll start with the Matildas, who had a big win over Uzbekistan last night. We'll go through and preview that first test um, uh, for Australia against New Zealand. Uh, we'll also chat uh, all things NRL. Uh, of course, Vegas fast approaching. It's, it's almost surreal. We, we don't really believe that you know, we're starting our, our season over over there uh, in Vegas, uh, but it's only a couple days away now, so very much looking forward to that. Also, uh, look at some of the other teams that aren't going to Vegas, just have a little bit of a season preview um, and just see where things are at, whether they'll go up the ladder or they'll slide down. And then a lot of basketball results yesterday as well, um, especially in the NBL with the Sydney Kings, unfortunately, bowing out but it's a second chance for the Illawarra Hawks. As always, you can have your say on the program. would love to hear from you this morning, wherever you're listening. My open line number is one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 You can chat about anything at all. And of course, the text line 0457-736-736. Looking forward to reading out some of your text messages this morning. Well, let's get into the main story of the morning, and that is the Matildas absolutely smashing Uzbekistan last night in their second leg qualifier for the Paris Olympics. Uh, the Matildas putting 10 past Uzbekistan, uh, an, an aggregate of 13 nil, of course, had that 3-0 win over in Uzbekistan uh, earlier, uh, late last week. Uh, and the star f- for the Matildas was Michelle Heyman on her return after being out for six years of the national side. She slotted four goals. Take a listen. Cross rather, and the ball back in. Oh, surely here it is, Heyman. She's got the second. Inside four minutes. Look at the space on the left-hand side for Steph Catley. The Matildas skipper with the ball in. Heyman is there again, and she's at the double. Fowler's early ball. Heyman's there for number three. A hat-trick in 15 minutes of international football. On her return. It's a good ball in, or how did that stay out? Driven back in, and there it is. Heyman adding 
the finishing touches to an outstanding first half of football for the Matildas. Yeah, Michelle Heyman, all four goals coming in the first half, the fourth minute, the eighth minute, the 16th, and then the 45th as well. Uh, going through the goal scorers, it was an own goal to start, 30 seconds into the match. Um, and then Michelle Heyman uh, with those four. Caitlin uh, Torpy getting uh, her goal in the 22nd minute. Mary Fowler, the 36th. Caitlin Ford, the 38th. Hayley Razzo chiming in in the 68th. And then Amy Sayer putting the finishing touches, getting the double digits on uh, scoring in the 90th minute with uh, stoppage time as well. So what does that mean for the Matildas? Well, it means that they've booked their place into the Olympics uh, in Paris later this year, uh, hoping to go one better than the previous Olympics. They came away with a bronze in Tokyo in, in 2021. Uh, very positive performance, but of course, they're going to have to do it um, without Sam Kerr. So it was a good start last night, but Uzbekistan, I think we can all say, aren't the greatest of com competition. I think a lot of people were looking at the record, record books last night. Uh, there even some thoughts that maybe the 31-0 uh, for Australia against American Samoa could be on the card. It, it, it could have been beaten, but look, I don't think anyone's going to be complaining about a 10-0 result. We were at the match last night at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. We were watching from home. What did you make of it? Would love to hear your thoughts on that text line, 0457 736 736. We switch gears now and look to the cricket because the first test between New Zealand and Australia begins today at the Basin Reserve in Wellington. So it's the first tour across the Tasman for Australia since 2016, if you can believe. And Australia haven't lost a test match uh, in New Zealand since 1993. And the last time we lost a test match against New Zealand uh, was in 2011. Um, and that was that famous test match at Bell Oval where I think New Zealand came away with a seven-run victory and David Warner, it was actually he was only actually playing his second test match. He carried his bat in that innings, but of course, no David Warner this time around. Uh, this is how the lineup will look like for Australia. So Steve Smith, Usman Khawaja will open. Manus Lubbershane, Cameron Green will come in at four. Travis Head remains at five. Mitch Marsh, uh, who's had a had a stellar 2023. Uh, Alex Carey will be behind the stumps. Of course, Pat Cummins will skip to the side. Mitch Stark, Nathan Lyon, and Josh Hazelwood. So that's an unnamed lineup from the team that lost to the uh, the West Indies at the Gabba um, earlier this year. And now looking at the Black Caps, it, it's an interesting team. I don't think they know exactly what their best team is at the moment. They've got Devin Conway, their dynamic opener. He's been ruled out with a thumb injury. And of course, Neil Wagner retired earlier during the week. Uh, he, when he realized he wasn't going to be picked, he hung up the boots, and I was looking up, Neil Wagner's 37, which I, I couldn't believe. He, I thought he was much younger than that, but it just proved that he was an absolute workhorse. Uh, the big question for the Black Caps, um, we've saw, we've seen the pictures of the pitch at the Basin Reserve. It's, it's a green monster. It's as green as anything. We've heard Ian Smith on SENZ uh, say that that's the only way that he thinks New Zealand are going to be able to beat Australia is if they produce a raging green seamer. So now the question is, do they play Mitch Santner, the spinner, or do they play Scott Guggenheim, who can chime in with the bat, and he's also uh, pretty handy with some medium paces as well. But this is what the predicted lineup will be. Tom Latham and Will Young to open the batting. Kane Williamson uh, to come in at three. Ratchin Ravindra, who has just burst onto the scene since that amazing World Cup campaign. Uh, Jarrell Mitchell at five. Tom Blundell will be behind the stumps. He'll come in at six. Uh, Glenn Phillips. 
Mitch Santner, I reckon, will get the tick of approval. Um, I think he'll play. I, I think it's risky not going in with any sort of spinner. I know that Ravindra and Williamson can turn the arm over uh, with a couple couple of tweakers, but, uh, but I just think you need that specialist spinner. So Mitch Santner, I think, should be in the side. Uh, Matt Henry, Tim Southey, and Willow Rourke, I think, should... Uh, should make way as well. And Tim Southey will obviously be the captain of that side. Now, SN Cricket's Brad Sundarace, and he caught up with Australian captain Pat Cummins ahead of the first test. Uh, just take a listen to what Pat had to say. Pat Cummins, uh, thank you as always. Just for speaking to SEN and SENZ test cricket, um, just about playing test cricket in New Zealand, a new experience for you? Yeah, that's right. Never played here um, in tests. Uh, I've never been to Wellington actually before this trip, but. Um, hopefully not too dissimilar to Australia. Uh, oh, first trip to Wellington, Nathan Lyons said he lost all his hair boring into the wind. <laughs> <laughs> so just in different conditions, aren't they, over here? Yeah, the boys have warned me a little bit. Um, they reckon I'm just hanging on to my hair, so uh, it does get windy here, um, which, you know, we've all played games in our life where you're bowling to the wind or a cross breeze or something, and it, it can be annoying at times, but you just got to deal with it, so... Um, yeah, we've had a couple of interesting training sessions here with hats and glasses blowing across the field. Just about New Zealand, Pat, uh, you have a good record against them. Uh, it's an interesting kind of rivalry, isn't it? Like Trans-Tasman and all that, but very different to some of your other probably more high-profile rivalries. Yeah, it's, you know, it feels like we're really similar. <laughs> probably, you know, the two countries are more similar than we are with any other country in the world. Uh, we know a lot of the their players really well. Um, you know, some some good mates in there. So uh, yeah, it's a it's, it's a somewhat friendly um, rivalry at times. But yeah, we always want one up on each other. It was very friendly the other day at the PM's reception. Uh, not just the things he said to you, but just overall, uh, what was that experience like? Oh, it was great. Yeah, we've we've felt incredibly welcome this trip. Um, yeah, you know, even the crowds have been quite nice. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've loved our tour so far and, um, yeah, it's pretty awesome to have the, well, the PM invite us over and um, say some nice things about us. Uh, it's been nearly a month now since the, the GABA test. Uh, Pat, you've said you're going in with the same 11. Like, um, what's that last month been? Yes, there have been some T20s and white ball cricket in between, but um, how is everyone? Like, what have they been working for? And just, just coming back from that GABA test. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's great. Um, you know, I think... I say, you know, me in particular, it's been a really big year, so I was lucky enough to have, be rested from a couple of games, so I took the rest and, um, yeah, went down to the beach and hung out and then uh, obviously come back here fully focused and um, most of the guys will be able to have a bit of a rest at some point. Um, so, yeah, it feels like everyone's coming here with no injury worries, everyone's relatively fresh and ready to give it a full crack. I mean, you're not used to losing test matches in Australia, right? So just um, on that, like... Did it take a bit of like uh, overcoming in that sense uh, before, as you prepared for this series? Uh, look, I think if you if you play really well and you lose, um, that can be hard to stomach. I don't think we played great at the Gabba. Um, wasn't up to our standards, so sometimes that's a bit easier to move on from. Um, you look back, you you look at you know a few things you could have done better, but overall we were outplayed. So. Um, we know that's not us at our best, so we've got to try and find a way to get back to our best. Uh, and in contrast to 2023, you play these two tests, and I mean, you have the IPL as a T20 worker, but test-wise, it's a pretty lean here. So um, how are you looking at these two test matches, like, you know, putting that into context? 
I mean, for the World Test Championship, it's it's huge. Um, you only get um, you know six series. This is one of them. So uh, I think we're third on the ladder. So you know, if we have a good series here. It's, it's obviously huge. Um, I think from a from a management point of view, it's um, yeah, you, know, you put everything into these two test matches, knowing that there's a fair break after this. So um, yeah, certainly won't be resting players, won't be holding any players back. It's uh, it's full steam ahead. Uh, and just on uh, the, this New Zealand team, um, as opponents, I mean, there are guys you know really well, like you said, but there are a few new names that you haven't encountered a lot of before. Yeah, that's right. A couple of the guys we've only played in white ball cricket, so um, yeah, do a little bit of research and. Um, yeah, have, have a bit of a look at how they go about it. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's actually nice as well going to a test match where you've got to try and problem solve on the fly. Awesome, Pat Cummins. Take care of your hair and good luck in Wellington. Thank you. I might be after some of yours. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that was Australian career captain Pat Cummins there catching up with SEN Cricket's Bharat Sundarayson. Uh, and that cricket uh, begins later today, uh, live on uh, the SEN Airwaves through the SEN app. Uh, SCN 1170 AM, SCNQ as well. Um, so that ha happens right after breakfast with Brandy and the Missile. And it's only the fifth test match in cricket history to begin on a leap day. Isn't that incredible? We played nearly 2,000 test matches across the journey since uh, the late 19th century. And this is just the fifth time in history that it, it's ever cricket, a test match has ever begun on a leap day. So... Given that's a bit of a weird niche stat, today, for a bit of a talk topic, I want you to give me your weirdest sporting stat. We'll hopefully compile this by the end of the show. Uh, so feel free to text in at 0457 736 736 for your nomination or absolutely feel free to ring in 1300 01 1170. Give me your weirdest sporting stat. We're going to take a break here on Tradies News in a Nutshell. Coming up, we're going to chat all things the NRL and Las Vegas. Good morning. Welcome back to Tradies News in a Nutshell. I'm your host, Charles Goodsir, filling in the shoes for Daniel Pettigrew, who is away today. Uh, 1300-01-1170 is my open line number, or, or 0457-736-736 to send through a text. And uh, our talk topic today is your weirdest sporting stat on the back of the fact that uh, the Australia versus New Zealand Test Match Day kicks off on a leap day, which is only the fifth time to happen in Test Cricket history. So please send in your nominations. Uh, now we're going to switch gears from cricket. We're going to talk about the NRL and Las Vegas. And it's it's finally starting to sink in, I, I feel, that the NRL has officially taken over Sin City. Uh, so the historic Las Vegas doubleheader, it's fast approaching and the team's commentators, the fans, they've all begun to arrive in, in the middle of the Nevada desert. I think we saw those pictures of uh, the first arrivals at the Las Vegas airport. Uh, our very own Andrew Voss, uh, Vossi, he arrived just over 24 hours ago. He spoke to Brandy the Missile on breakfast yesterday. Uh, here's what he had to say. There's touchdown. Touchdown in Vegas, and the man on the line is uh, is the one and only Andrew Voss. Vossy, come in. Uh, good morning, boys. Yeah, just having a little cup of coffee here with uh, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, just reuniting Ocean's <laughs> 13. Going uh, to redo Ocean's 13 as a rugby league film. I've got this idea. I'm just running it past them now. All the heavy hitters uh, in Vegas. Uh, how was the, how was the flight? How, how long have you been? How long have you been um, on land in Vegas? 
well, really a matter of hours. Um, yeah, no, terrific flight. Uh, if you talk about the vibe, first of all, I'll go back to Sydney Airport yesterday around lunchtime. Uh, a lot of flights, This my, my flight, great direct to Vegas, a lot of flights to LA, all rugby league supporters in the airport. You know, every, mm. every jumper, not just the jerseys of the teams playing uh, on uh, Sunday were represented at the airport. They're all making their way here. It is like some sort of crusade. Uh, on my particular flight, um, Peter Volandis, Andrew Abdo, the Fox League crew, and a whole bunch of supporters. Um, so it was a you know a really happy flight, an excited flight. This is incredible territory. And then, of course, uh, when I talk about the Fox League crew, there were the likes of um, Brian Fletcher. Mm. Am I allowed to sort of pull back the curtains and no, tell yeah, you about yeah. the curtains right yes. back? Open up. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's been a while since I've been off-flown international Qantas, but they still do the grey pyjamas, you know, like the, if you can imagine, Guantanamo Bay, but they do the grey jammies. Fletch was in the jammies um, even before takeoff. (laughs) He'd he'd rid himself of whatever clothes he was wearing. He was getting comfortable. Um, He had, at one stage, he had the Elvis glasses on as well. Um, Brian Fletcher... Planet Fletcher would be an interesting place to live. He was having fun from the moment he got on the plane. I don't know what sleep he had. Um, I, I, I pumped out a few Zs, so I'm not quite sure if he was awake the whole time. But never once does he look stressed. <laughs> he, is, he is the perfect traveller, Brian he's, Fletcher. He's a happy, happy big thing, he isn't he? He is. Uh, very would, happy. Would Fletch be a busy man over there in Vegas? I imagine his itinerary <laughs> would be pretty packed. <laughs> I'm looking at it. <laughs> James, what a lovely, lovely setup. Yeah, now we all have our schedules. So, myself and Lara Pitt, we're filming the fans. So, I'm getting all around Vegas. This is my first time in Vegas, boys. So, you know, coming out from the airport, let me tell you, from the airport, past two billboards, giant NRL advertising. How good nice. is that? Yes. Um, as you come from the airport, we're way down the southern end of the strip where we're staying. Resorts World, where the players are, is right down the southern end. Let's say, if anyone knows the area, to walk to Bellagio, um, you know, great landmark of the strip, mm. would take the players about 45 minutes. Oh, right. So that's how far down the strip yep. um, uh, the Resorts World is. But yep. And then Allegiant Stadium is way up the other end as well the ground, which I'll, I'll take a visit to tonight. But back to your original question, uh, the answer is how busy is his schedule? Uh, the answer, James, is not very. <laughs> so, Fletch. I'm trying to find it. Not very for Fletch, no. So, Vossi, you've arrived in daylight hours because if you, you, you've never yep. been to Vegas before. It's Vegas nah. only. Vegas looks great at night. It does. Like mm. it's, it's, a, it's a completely different looking place when mm. the sun goes down. And, and, and Well, well, I... Not just looking. I passed this. I passed the sphere on the way to the. Um, Have you sorted uh, that? to the hotel? But but from ground level, I wasn't quite sure what they were displaying there. You're surrounded by mountains, and and the thing about it, you're in the desert. I guess the temperature when I landed, I think they said was 11 degrees. So sort of Southern Highlands weather. Um, but there is there's a bit of snow on the mountains, like around ah. Vegas. Um, so it is obviously going to get very cold at night. You know, get down close enough to one or two degrees, but. Mm. Uh, I'm told Monday and Tuesday, if there is a quiet day, that's it. Because uh, some of the shows have the Monday and Tuesday off. But Wednesday through Sunday, everything's absolutely kicking. Um, it, on what I've seen, it's an incredible place. You know, it's, you're surrounded well, it's by mountains like and desert. Nothing, it's, it's, there's nowhere else like it yeah. in the world. It's, it's, no. it's unique. Uh, and I'm, I'm told, would it be as many as half a million people work just in that 
sort of entertainment sector to, mm. to keep this thing going. So it's um, does it have a soul? I'm yet to know. I'll, I'll get that impression over the next few days. But what I do know is there are a hell of a lot of Australians over here going to have one hell of a time um, in leading up to the game on Sunday. I'll make the call right now. Anyone listening, um, put it on your bucket list. We're locked in for the next five years. Plan which year you want to come and, and you know, get your leave in at work and arrange for your kids or your... Oh, oh, just lost him there for a second. I've got to ask him. So he was talking about potentially getting some uh, U2 Sphere he was. action in. So, so, he, so he, he investigated that. 700 bucks are the cheapest, cheapest tickets, I cheapest think. Cheapest tickets, were, yep, 700. I was uh, talking to uh, Matty and Trish. We're going to go along to the, the Sphere to see a bit of U2 action as well. You'd, um, have, you'd have to go. You have like to. If, you, if you're in Vegas, you'd have to. It's so they, they just announced this unique. week... The first sporting event in the sphere is going to be UFC 302 or whatever, the big pay-per-view UFC event in the sphere. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Vossi's back on the line. Vossi, sphere action. When are you, when are you off to see you too? Well, well, I know. Well, I haven't got tickets yet because I was just going to uh, let the dust settle. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so the information that I did find. So Saturday night, Vegas time, as in the Sunday where the – uh, Australian time where the rugby league is is their last night of that residency. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, do I do I chase up cheaper tickets? Is that possible here? Do I trust? Mm. Do I, I, I don't know, James. You're the master of this place. I haven't seen any street performers yet, um, so Steer I'm clear. not looking for them. Hey, but, Vossie, uh, people people weren't I, listening I to us on Friday, so both the Hello Sport Boys and Cooper Johns have already been dusted by the slot machine at the airport. Did you you didn't oh. jump on the slots? Did you? No, it was incredibly quiet at the airport. I mm. got through, no bag check. I've nope. never been to an airport international and no bag check. Just went straight through. Got scanned passport. See you later. Have a nice time. So they didn't <laughs> know that Brian Fletcher was on that flight then? <laughs> no. No, and, and, and had some, and had some uh, Rose, you know, Eastern Rosellas in his bag. No, they didn't <laughs> um, know that. It's hard to avoid the poker machines from the hotel I'm staying at. Reception, I say, where's the guest lift? Oh, they're around there through the casino. You've got to walk through the casino to get to the guest lifts. It's almost like they want you to uh, drop some, you know, have a slap while you're <laughs> taking your bags upstairs. But yes. no, there's plenty of time to try and fit all that in. Um, but today is very much rugby league mode. Uh, I'll be heading out to Allegiant Stadium later today. Aaron Woods is going to give, um, give view, uh, Fox League viewers a little tour of Resorts World and the Manly Camp, so get into the rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're filming that today, um, all part of the you know Fox League build-up, the 360 live shows, Matty Johns, the fan, and then both games exclusive you know, on, on Sunday, or certainly the season opener yep. exclusive to Fox League on Sunday, Manly and Souths. Uh, Vossi, I, I saw Luke Keary on the news last night, and in his, in his, one of his answers, he sort of said, well, I, I think we're having a captain's run on the stadium, but he... he Obviously, wasn't sure. Do you, do you know if the teams are having a run on the stadium? Look, the the best I'd heard, um, and that and and we heard from Jason Demetrio last week, was that they at the very least get a walk around to, I, I guess, sort of acclimatise themselves and get a real feel yep. of the dimensions of the ground. One, uh, you know, it's one thing to measure it out down at the South Sydney Centre of Excellence and the other clubs at their grounds, 
but to actually experience it with a with a grandstand seating in and you, you know try and get your bearings in, in particular Brandy for kickers quite obviously um, that's an experience that all four teams will get will they actually run the ball around I don't know whether they will fit into the schedule of uh, what they've got but we'll we'll find out later in the week it would be unfair wouldn't it if 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 one of the one. four or two yes. of the four mm-hmm. didn't get to experience it. Mm-hmm. So you've got to fit all four clubs in, and I don't know whether that's going to happen. Mm. All right, Vossi, enjoy the week. Make sure you get along to the sphere. Remember, watch out for those slot machines and grocery stores. Don't talk to street performers and stay away from the guys selling <laughs> VIP tickets to nightclubs and strip clubs. And the hard liquor. Stay off the hard <laughs> liquor. <laughs> got see, it, boys. See you, Andrew. Howdy doody. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Yeah, there was a Vossi there yesterday on breakfast with Brandy and the Missile live from Las Vegas. And look, the rugby league season is well and truly upon us now. And a reminder that SEN's NRL tipping competition is back again this season, bigger and better than ever. So just search nrltipping.sen.com.au and register for your chance to win a heap of prizes. You can even go up against some of the... uh, some of the talent here at SEN. I know Jimmy Smith's got his own league, so if you feel like trying to stick it to him, uh, you have my blessing to do so. We're going to take a break here on Tradies News in a nutshell. Coming up after the break, we're going to be discussing some NRL season previews and get to some of your nominations for the weirdest uh, sporting stats. You're listening to Tradies News in a nutshell right here on SEN 1170. Welcome back to Tradies News in a nutshell. I'm your host, Charles Goodsir. Thank you very much for wherever you're listening, whether that be SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney, uh, SNQ 693 AM uh, in Brisbane, or sixteen or SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. And, of course, if you want to have your say, 0457 736 736 or call one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Uh, whatever you want, the floor is absolutely open. No topic is off limits. Uh, please feel free to have a chat. Um, so we we chatted about Vegas uh, with uh, Vossi just in that break, and uh, well now we're going to touch on a couple of the the season previews. I think so. As the season draws closer, you know, experts that they've started putting in their predictions and, and hot takes. I saw that Joel Kane on uh, the run home uh, yesterday. Uh, he said that he thinks Penrith will finish fifth and the Melbourne Storm will take home the minor premiership. That, that's a hot take if ever I've seen it. Um, so the digital team at SCN 1170, uh, so that includes myself and also Dominic Crenetti, we, we recently posted a video on SCN League's YouTube channel, which I highly recommend uh, taking out and subscribing if you haven't already. We, we, we post uh, long-form interviews. We post a whole segments from various shows and, and some also uh, digital exclusive content like the previews. Um, I just mentioned, and in this latest video, uh, we judge which teams we think are going to rise up the ladder or, or slide down in 2024. Uh, take a listen to this snippet. Now, the Eels. Eels are a fascinating one, and Eels fans, please don't shoot us down. I've seen this so many times, Dom, yeah. you you as well. Whenever we post something on SEN League, SEN 1170, any sort of, I, I don't even want to say negative Eels rhetoric, but just tempering expectations about the Eels for this season, thinking, look, look, they've got good players, but yeah. they don't necessarily rival like the talent across the park of the Panthers or the yeah. Broncos, the Warriors even as well. And everyone, Eels fans get so defensive Massive about fan everything. I, I just don't yeah. get it. Take off your goggles for a minute, <laughs> your bias goggles, yeah. and just listen to what we're saying. We're not, we don't hate the Eels. We're just calling it how we see it. 
And on that note, Dom, I'd like you to start with this one. Yeah, um, honestly, I think they'll be about the same. There's some people saying that they're going to fall down to like the bottom four. That's a bit overkill. They've got, on paper, one of the best packs in the league. Even if it's aging, like, you know, Junior Barlow and Regan Campbell-Gillard as a front row pairing is incredible, right? They've got depth in the forward pack. It's their back line that's concerning, right? And especially Origin, if Mitch Moses is a chance this year, they could be really, really depleted as well. I feel like I'm a broken record just saying that because Origin is going to deplete a lot of these sides. I could see the Eels finishing in the top eight. They need a lot from those young uh, backs that they've got in. And, you know, maybe like a mid-season signing. Hello, Zach Lomax. Shane Flanagan's just like literally like got him like that, ready to just royal rumble over the top rope, get him out of the club. Parramatta needs someone like that. And then I think we can start getting into the will be better category, but about the same. Like top eight's probably not a stretch, but they need everyone at their best to finish in that seven to six region. So I think about the same. Yeah. I think at their absolute best with everything going right for them, with with all their, no, not even, (laughs) not even. I think think they could at at their best. I think at, at all their players at their very best, Brad Arthur at his very best. Yep. I think the best this this team can do is sixth. Wow. I, I think they've that's exhausted massive. everything they can out of this roster. I think Clint Gutherson is an excellent leader yep. who makes up for, I think, maybe, I would I, would, I want to say lack of talent because no. he doesn't have a lack of talent at all, but he makes up for what he lacks from other fullbacks, for like the, your Kalen Pongers, your yeah. Reese Walshers. He makes up with loads of effort. He's the biggest effort player in the competition, I think. I owe Mitch yeah. Moses a massive apology. I said last year, yeah, I don't, I don't want him anywhere near my New South Wales team. Yeah. He was probably the best player out of for New South Wales out of all three games. I know yep. he didn't play the first game, but I think he was great game two and game yep. three. Yep. I think their forward pack, whilst aging, is still good. I just don't see where the, and I hate to use this word, but X factor comes yeah, from. Yeah, no, no. That's and fair. it's the biggest knock against the Eels. And you look at the Panthers, mm. it's Nathan Cleary. Look at the Broncos, Reese Walsh, Selwyn Cobbo, Adam Reynolds to some extent. Jordan Rickey as well, I think, is really, is really great. They've got stars across the field. The Warriors, obviously, Roger Tuvasa, Shek coming back. I think Chance Nickel Klukstad has, has made that obvious. The Knights, Kalen Ponga is the standout. But then you've also got a guy like Bradman Best coming yeah, through. That's fair. Yeah. The Sharks, which I still kind of had the same knock about the Sharks of the Eels. You've got Nico Hines there as well. And then you've also got Anafinua Blake coming through. Roosters, well, you know, they just... I won't, me- I won't mention that part there's about the Roosters, sombrero. but yeah, there's uh, Sombrero in the, in the, in the studio yeah. here. Um, I just think the Eels, where is your X-Factor guy? I think Mitch Moses and Clint Gutherson are very, very, very yeah. good players. So I'm going to go about the same Yeah. around that eight to 11th bracket. Okay. I, I can see that, but I want to counteract your X factor thing a little bit. Mm. And I think that's where someone like Dylan Brown comes into play. I think Dylan Brown could be that X factor. Like obviously he had the, he had the, the off the field stuff last year, which you'd safe to say is put, put him behind him. Now he's on big money. He needs to start proving that he's worth it. He's a great player. I think, I think he could be that. And then you've got other players as well. You've got Ryan Madison as well, who can just absolutely break a game like that. Junior Barlow, Regan Campbell Gillard, as I mentioned before, two of the best forwards in the league. I mean, Jermaine Hopgood, like, he was in the Queensland extended squad last year. He could be that X factor. So I think they can find it. But, yeah, honestly, if everything goes right, a few teams are injured, Parramatta could go all the way. It's just like a 1% chance. But they could, in my opinion. There, there's a there's a minute possibility they could. 
I, th- I think all the, the players you mentioned are very, 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 very good players yes. at their absolute best. I just don't see so they could take them that being level. genuine match Dylan Brown's only, what, like 23, 24? He's, he hasn't even hit his proper prime yet, right? That's, I mean, That's very true. Yeah, that's so very true. But I think I think we're both yeah, in agreement about, about the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I yeah. cannot wait for all the comments on this video saying we know nothing about league. Okay, now the Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs, yep. man, their premiership favourites are... Midway through the year, they were eight and three. They then fell to twelve and twelve in hilarious. Won't say hilarious fashion. That was pretty funny. Uh, look, it, it, look as funny. A, as a yeah. as a non Rabbitohs fan, it was pretty funny seeing to absolutely capitulate and just implode. I think. Look, I'm going to have them in the will be better uh, category because I think they will return to the top eight with it. But here's the thing: they have to be better. They're too good. Yeah, they have they're, to they're be, too yeah. good to should miss out. Another, should put another tier in there. Have to be. Better. I agree. They have to be better. Yeah. I know. I would put Manly in that category as well. They have to be better. Yeah. Because for the talent on that roster, for them to miss out on the finals in the fashion they did is embarrassing. Yeah. And I think they know that. Yep. So I think they will be better. They have to be better. And they must be better. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say top four because I still think there are some question marks about the Rabbitohs, about the resilience, but finals for sure. See, I, I disagree with that. I think they are going to be top four. I think adding Jack Wyden's like massive. I think that's one of the biggest signings that we've seen. I think in this in this kind of free agency window, you could talk about a few other players, Cryden and Herbie, but I mentioned that before. How much impact can those guys have? Jack Wyden's, ben, you know, played Origin, uh, Benning Grand Finals. I know Stephen Cryden's done the same thing, but Jack Wyden was playing six for a lot of those games, right? So the Rabbitohs, they've got heaps of depth. They've got some great youngsters coming through as well. Campbell Graham's going to be a big, big, uh, big miss for them. Like, I can't understand how big of a miss. But they, again, they've got depth there. Like, you know, Tass and Wyden will fill those holes pretty good. Obviously, not you can't you can't replace Campbell Graham what he brings to the Rabbitohs. But, yeah, they've got great depth. I think just, just having Wyden there might bring up Latrell and Cody Walker. They seem to be pretty good friends off the field. So just having them around the club could boost that morale up a little bit. It'll just be interesting to see if the lads get up for Jason Demetrio or not. I think it's a big season for him. Uh, if if he doesn't get to that, you know, if they're not in like a guaranteed top six with 10 rounds to go, you've really got to start being worried about them. But I think they're going to be top four most of the season. I think you start going 10 rounds to go, you'll start looking at finals matchups and who they're going to play. So I'm going to disagree. I think they're going to be sharp risers. Okay. I, I like it. Um, it. You could put them in the sharp risers. Thank you. Right? I appreciate that. All right, Dom, this one I don't think should take too long. Uh, this is probably my, my biggest, well, not my biggest hot take, but the thing that I'm championing the most heading into yeah. this season is that I think the Canberra Raiders are going to fall off the cliff. And it's really no fault of any of their players or anything like that. I just think Jack Wyden is a massive loss. Yeah. I think they overachieved last season. They, they, yeah. they, made the, they made the finals, 13 wins, 11 losses, 137-point differential. Yeah. Ignore the wins and losses. When you look at a team's negative point differential and it's that much in the red, then it's pretty clear that they've got quite a few issues. I think they yeah. lucked into the finals last year. They yeah. they rode their luck, almost toppling the Knights in that epic elimination final. But I think this is the year where sort of reality comes back to bite them a little bit. Yeah. I think they'll be good. They'll be competitive. It's not like they'll be like a, a failure of a team. But I just think they're, they're about to face a massive drop. Yeah. And I just don't know who steps up in their place. So from eighth, I'm going to say they probably finished bottom four. Okay. Uh, so I'm going, they're going to fall off a cliff. Yeah, not going to argue with you there much, but I will say in Canberra's defense, this is a bit of a bridging year. I mean, Ricky Stewart's retiring, Jordan Rappiner at the end of the year has been pretty open about that. And Elliot Whitehead as well, two of the senior players there. But I mean, this is the year where you've got to expect, Joe Tarpin is always going to be their best player, I think. 
but this is the year where you need Hudson Young, Corey Horsburgh to kind of step up and be alongside Josh Papali'i and be like, this is our team now. Like, you guys can help us get there, but 2025, this is going to be the Hudson Young and Corey Horsburgh experience. And then they've got some decent depth. They've got uh, Chevy Stewart, looks like a pretty promising prospect as well. Uh, even Xavier Savage could be one of the fastest wingers we've ever seen in our history. Not much more on the Raiders. I think bottom four as well. Uh, but 2025, I expect a massive, massive improvement from them. I, I agree with that as well. Yeah. Not to be poo-pooed by any Raiders fans. I think this is just the one-year dip. Yeah. And then I think once you get, uh, like, you know, Xavier Savage, like you said, yeah. just another year, a little bit more experience, and I think they'll be all the better for it. And I think they'll have some good games here and there. They'll have some green shirts as well. So that would be positive to see. Yeah, so a couple of our hot takes uh, there. Um Make sure to check out SEN League's YouTube channel. You can get the full extended 47-minute video. We put our faces to our hot takes as well, so please be gentle in the comments. Uh, another reminder that SEN's NRL Tipping competition is back this season, so just search nrltipping.sen.com.au and register for your chance to win a heap of prizes. Well, the breakfast with Brandy and the missile is not too far away. A reminder that Daryl Harrigan is joining them for Throwback Thursday. And Jared Waitley live from New Zealand to cover the first test between Australia and the Black Caps. Uh, stick around because we're going to be wrapping up the show after this break. Welcome back to Tradies News in a Nutshell. I'm your host, Charles Goodsir. And this morning, I've been asking you for your weirdest sporting stats. And this one has come in from the text line 0457 736 736. It's Cooper from Pakenham. He says, Wayne Gretzky and his brother Brent have the record for the highest scoring NHL brothers of all time. Brent scored four goals. Wayne scored 2,857. So very good nomination there from Cooper from Pakenham. You're in the running, or at least you're the clubhouse leader. Um, now we're going to, this is our final seg before breakfast with Brandy and the Missile. Please stick around. Uh, they'll be chatting with Daryl Harrigan as part of our new segment for Throwback Thursday and Jared Waitley uh, coming in live from uh, Wellington uh, for the first test between Australia and New Zealand. We've got to wrap up a couple of NBL results last night. The play-in tournament finally got underway. Um, we'll first start off with the Tasmania Jack Jumpers defending the Illawarra Hawks 92-76. to Pretty good game this one. And uh, for my Makita power play, Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation, and power without limits. It's got to go to Will Magnate of the Tasmania Jack Jumpers coming off the bench, getting 30 minutes, dropping 25 points and 10 rebounds. A nice double-double there for Magnate to help the Jack Jumpers advance. Um, and they will take on the Illawarra... Pardon me. They will take on the Perth Wildcats in the first semi-final, uh, whereas the New Zealand Breakers will take on the Illawarra Hawks, who get that double chance because they finished in that top four bracket. Unfortunately for Sydney Kings fans, they went down to the New Zealand Breakers. Uh, 76 to 83 was the final score. Just a poor, poor second half where they were outscored 45 to 29. Uh, losing by seven. Disappointing for the Kings. They won't defend their crown. Uh, they won't uh, go back to back to back. They'll have to be content with two straight uh, titles. So this means that we'll have a new title winner this season. Who do you think it will be? Let me know at 0457736736. Now, moving to the NBA, and there's some interesting things going on, especially with the 
officiating of some of the games. This was Detroit Pistons coach Monty Williams, whose team at the time had an 8-49 and record. They were boned against the New York Knicks by some pretty poor officiating, and Monty Williams, the coach, did not hold back in the press conference. Take a listen to this. Where's the New York media now? The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no-call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. I'm done. Fair whack there from Monty Williams. They ended up losing that game New York, to the New York Knicks, 113 to 111. They bounced back the next day, though, uh, defeating the Chicago Bulls 105 to 95, which means they have now tied themselves alongside the Washington Wizards with a 9 and 49 record. Not only the worst record in the Eastern Conference, but the worst record in the NBA. And Carl Kuzma, the star of the Washington Wizards, he tweeted out about a couple of months ago when uh, the Pistons were on that 27-game losing streak, an NBA record now as well. He said, at this point, you just don't want to be that team. Well, I'm afraid to say, Kyle, you are now that team. So, you know, looking at the when they will next play each other. It's not for a little while, fortunately, for the Wizards and the Lakers. Uh, uh, so pardon me, the Wizards and the Pistons. But it'll be interesting to see what comes of this because they're definitely the two worst teams in the NBA. Uh, but now they're tied on the same record. So, fascinating to see how that ends up. We got a couple of texts coming in back uh, on the back of Koo from Packenham, giving him that us that uh, Gretzky brothers stat. Got this one from Chase. Today's only the fifth time a Test match has started on a leap day. I like that one, Chase. And then this one uh, coming in from Tim. Good morning, Charlie. David Campisi and Peter Fitzsimons played a hundred rugby tests combined for Australia. David Campisi played ninety nine of them. I love it. I love that, Tim. I love the areas that we're going to as well. Um, my time is just about done here on Tradies News in a nutshell. If you want to catch up on anything you missed during the show, uh, it'll be on the SEN 1170 AM podcast. Uh, we had that basketball wrap just now. We chatted a couple of NRL season previews. Uh, Vossi in Las Vegas, as well as the Matildas 10-0 win over Uzbekistan, which has them going to Paris. And then also previewing the first test between Australia and New Zealand later today, which you can find right here on SEN. My time's done, but breakfast with Brandy and the Missile is just around the corner. Do not go anywhere. Their guests for Throwback Thursday, Daryl Harrigan and Jared Waitley coming live from New Zealand. Thank you very much. Wherever you've been listening and for listening to Tradies News in a Nutshell, I've been your host, Charles Goodsir. It's bye for now.